We love you, Lord. I thank you so much for the Iron Show and for my friends, Johnny and Rick, Lord. Father, I thank you. I love you, Lord. I love you so much, Jesus. And I'm down in the old blacksmith shop, and I'm down the old anvil with my co-host. Richard, Richard White, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, man? What's up? This is a very special iron show we have here. Uh, this episode is uh, historic and epic, because tonight we have with us the author of the Nephilim Trilogy, Politics, Prophecy, and the Supernatural, and his newest one, his newest book, which is uh, available for download on the internet, and that is uh, The Alien Interviews. I'd like to welcome to the show, to the old liar show tonight, live from the hills of Dogtown in South Cali. <laughs> Doctor, pastor, author, researcher, lecturer, and good musician, Dr. Lynn Marzulli. Welcome to the Iron Show, Doctor. Hey, Johnny. Thanks, thanks for having me here. That's quite an intro. I am uh, sort of blown away by that. Thank you very much. Very kind words. Thank you. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm a big fan of yours. You're one of my all-time heroes, let me tell you. So, <laughs> you know, Johnny Boy's a little bit nervous at, you know, uh, interviewing Pastor Lynn, so... Really, I just want to ask you, you know, one kind of leading question and let you go. Okay. Uh, you know, let you take off with it, really. Um, you know, because I'm such a big fan of yours that the only real questions I have for you, I mean, really, you know, sincere questions are like, what's your favorite color? Uh, do you like biscuits and gravy? You know, <laughs> you've really um, kind of dedicated your life to telling the church to wake up, grab on the toto, because you ain't Kansas anymore. Bingo. You know, first of all, I believe that we, we're living in the end of days. We're living in the last times. Um, and the reason for that, of course, is Israel coming back to the homeland. I mean, I get asked this all the time. It's like, you know, L.A., why is it that you believe that we're in the last days? You know, people have been saying this for hundreds and hundreds of years. And I would say, you know, they were wrong. And this is the only reason why they were wrong is everything, in my opinion, kicks off or, or, or begins when Israel was finally gathered back into its ancient homeland. And that didn't happen, of course, until 1948. So prior to that time, knowing what I know about Scripture, I would be looking for Israel to come back. In other words, if I lived, let's say, in the 1890s, uh, just at the, at the beginning of, of Zionism, I, I, I would have a flag up. I'd be going, as an author, I'd be going, watch this. This is the beginning of the regathering of Israel back in the ancient homeland. Of course, if I had said that, people would have looked at me like, you, you're crazy, that'll never happen. And indeed, many people who were calling that out, one person, for instance, Clarence Larkin, who wrote in 1917, was talking about the regathering of Israel. Now, he's not making this stuff up. He's pulling it specifically from Ezekiel 37 and other passages in Scripture, prophetic passages, which talk about this regathering of Israel. Uh, and finally reestablishing it back in its ancient borders, in its ancient homeland. And after 2,000 years of diaspora, in other words, Israel was scattered for almost 2,000 years and literally became a byword, became a curse word, the wandering Jew. I mean, it's, it's everywhere. And then they were scattered in the four corners of the earth. And what's amazing is that they, they sort of kept their national identity, I mean, which is, which is really amazing. Yes, it changed. Yes, it, it evolved over the centuries. But there was always this... Uh, they had a deep penchant to say, next year in Jerusalem, we're going to eat the Passover. And that was that was uh, said at, at many, many uh, seders and, and other just gatherings of Jews. You know, next year in Jerusalem, they were going to eat the seder next year in Jerusalem. 
um, the eye was always always there. They always wanted to go back, hopefully. And and some of that is wanting to see the Messiah. Of course, they don't believe that Yahshua or Jesus is the Messiah. So they were awaiting the Messiah, hoping that the Messiah maybe would restore them. What's amazing to me is that in 1948, after almost 2,000 years of diaspora, Israel was regathered into its ancient homeland and reestablished. And the nation of Israel was born in a single day, thus fulfilling the prophecy of Isaiah and Ezekiel. The desert now blooms. They've, they've planted well over a billion trees. They export um, many fruits and vegetables all over the world. Uh, they've invented, uh, the Israelis have invented uh, products that we use constantly um, in, our, in our computers, in our television, in our communications, in our hospitals. Uh, the drip system that we, that's, that's everywhere, that black tube pipe which feeds every, you know, many, many um, plants and many farms are on a drip type system. All that was invented in Israel. So we see, first of all, that Israel is back in its homeland. I think I, I think I can fairly, I think I've established that that point without belaboring it too much. That Israel has been regathered from the four corners of the earth, and that that sets the prophetic clock ticking. And now, because it is clicking, I can begin to really look at some of what is going on. The problem with the churches, and and most people in general, really, you know, I'm sure you're all familiar with the movie The Matrix. In that yeah. movie. In that movie, you know, the Neo is sort of finally taken out of the Matrix. He can't even believe where he is. Well, we are in a Matrix, and the only way a person can get out of the Matrix is, first of all, to be born again and spirit-filled, and then to study Scripture and to realize that the supernatural is the only real reality. Yeah, this is real here. I mean, I go to the market, I buy some food, I come home and I cook it and I eat it. That's certainly reality. But there's a reality that supersedes that, and that reality is of is of the spirit. And prophecy and what we're looking at in the fulfillment of that prophecy is literally super reality manifesting on the earth. And unfortunately, you've got this organization, uh, and I'm not going to pick on any denominations because, in my opinion, most are completely asleep at the wheel when it comes to this stuff. And they keep their parishioners or their congregants asleep at the wheel. They celebrate Christmas and Easter. They celebrate wonderful supernatural events, the God-man being born of a virgin, all this prophecy, angels appearing and heralding it, the star of Bethlehem a year later, which was actually the planet Jupiter, was just in this amazing conjunction, amazing starry dance that, that was set in motion like, you know, millennia ago. And then it, it's there, and the wise men see this star, and it's but it's not a UFO, by the way, as Benjamin Krem would have us believe, and I'm getting ahead of myself. But, you know, this, the star was, a, was the planet Jupiter. And it was fixed in the heavens for a period of time because of this unbelievable celestial conjunction, the celestial starry dance. Planets, and, and they move in orbit. And it just, just so happened by, quote, coincidence, that this um, during, during the, the birth of Jesus, this, the sign was given and the, the Magi knew where it was. So we celebrate Christmas, this amazing, uh, miraculous, supernatural event. And several months later in this country, we celebrate the resurrection, um, it's, unfortunately, it's called Easter, which is really the Babylonian god, fertility goddess Ishtar, just shows you how wacky things have gotten. You know, Easter bunnies, Easter eggs, all this has to do with the fertility goddess, has nothing to do with res the resurrection, absolutely zero, nothing. Easter bunnies, hats, parades, has nothing to do with the resurrection of Yahshua or Jesus. It's kind of scary when you think about it. 
It is People are celebrating a pagan god. Exactly. Sorry to interrupt you. I had to. No, and I agree. It's, it's this, you know, this has been going on for hundreds of years, and it's the same thing with Palm Sunday. People go, and they receive a little palm, and they feel that's kind of cool. And the, the meaning of it has been obfuscated. It's been lost through the centuries. Most people have no idea that at Palm Sunday, Yahshua, Jesus, rode into Jerusalem on that donkey and was fulfilling to the minute, to the second, the prophecy of Daniel. To the Amen. second, fulfilling the prophecy of Daniel. Most people are clueless. They, they don't know that that's what Palm Sunday is about. Instead, it's been, here's your little palm, you know, and then you get this little <laughs> palm and you kind of walk out and, you know, put it on your dashboard of your car and you forget about it. And what we're celebrating there is an unbelievable supernatural event. The prophecy was hundreds of years before Jesus rode into Jerusalem, and yet it's perfect to the absolute letter, to the second. He comes in and he rides in literally as a king at that point, and they're saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. If it wasn't him, according to the prophet Daniel, then who the heck was it? If he wasn't the Messiah, then who was it? And it's the only time in his three and a half years of ministry. So the church celebrates these events, which are highly supernatural, but they, they've dressed them in sort of secular clothes. Like, for instance, we have a Christmas tree. And look, I love Christmas trees. I mean, they're really cool. But again, it has nothing to do, absolutely zero, nothing to do with the birth of the Messiah. This has all been added. You know, giving of gifts and Christmas trees and lights and candles and yule logs and mistletoe, these are all ridiculous symbols. And, and what they do in some ways is they obfuscate they muddy up the supernatural event that really took place, both on Christmas and Easter. All this to say, Johnny, that if the supernatural was manifesting back then, and Israel is back in the homeland, thus fulfilling prophecy, which is a supernatural event. Remember, when Israel fulfills prophecy and comes back into the homeland, we are witnessing a supernatural event. We are witnessing what I call, and I term, super-reality manifesting on this planet. That's what we're looking at. Most people don't understand that. And it begs the question, if these things happened then, are supernatural events manifesting now? Is prophecy being fulfilled? Has prophecy been, other prophecy been fulfilled since 1948? Are the signs of the times screaming at us that this is in, indeed the end? Um, is, is Lucifer manifesting? Is the enemy manifesting? Um, and the short answer to that is yes, 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 yes. Absolutely. It is all around us. We are literally surrounded by the supernatural manifesting, and yet most people refuse to look at it, won't examine the evidence, won't read, let's say, my book, Politics, Prophecy, and the Supernatural. And by the way, I was basically fired from the last church post I was at because the book was censored and I went toe-to-toe -to -toe with the pastor. I said, why are you censoring it? You've never read it. How can you censor something that you haven't even read? Right, and he, I know he had, that. It's ridiculous. Yeah, he had no answer to that, and I just said to him, you know, this is in the Middle Ages, and you're not the Pope, and I'm not going to be caught up in the Inquisition, period. Amen. And, Amen. and that was it. And I left. And, uh, you know, look, finances are tough for us, uh, but the Lord has carried us through, and we sell books. Um, I, wish, I wish I was doing more speaking engagements, but, you know, for the most part, the church isn't interested in what I have to say, unfortunately. Um, and yet, our, my blog continues to grow. Uh, we're up around 2,000 hits a day. People come, lots of vibrant commentary. And, and people realize, some people realize, that there is something going on. 
it seems like, you know, with, our, with my blog, we get about close to 2,000 people a day now, and it's growing, that come there and it's vi- vibrant commentary. People comment, and, and it's, it's really, it's more of a forum. And I, and I blog five days a week. That's lamarzuli.wordpress.com, lamarzuli.wordpress.com. And I blog five days a week. If something happens over the weekend, I'll jump in. And I also Twitter and Facebook and, you know, the whole deal. But the bottom line is people are beginning to realize that something is going on. That, that the supernatural is beginning to manifest, that all these movies about UFOs, for instance, The Fourth Kind, which I haven't seen it and I probably won't, um, but I know enough about it and I've read a lot of reviews on it. It's more more or less a Blair Witch Project, and it gives, gives the viewer a feeling of hopelessness, that there's no way to stand against these entities who are abducting people. And, of course, the work of Joe Jordan, the work of Jim Williamson, the people that I've talked to myself, um, we have gotten people out of the abduction phenomena. We have a success rate. Joe Jordan is probably holds the record. I think he's got 300 cases on file of people that have, that have stopped the abductions by evoking the name of Jesus. Yet the UFO community at large won't even look at the evidence. Won't, won't you know? They sort of poo-poo it because they think it's religious. Now, I'm not talking religion here, guys. I'm not talking about monks and stained glass windows and cathedrals and arches and churches and, you know, candles and marbled floors and statuary and robes and celibacy and pulpits. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm not. I'm talking about a personal relationship with the living God. And the supernatural is real. And just because, you know, a person decides that it's not real, well, good for you. You know, that doesn't change anything just because you declare that there's no supernatural. We are surrounded by it, and it's manifesting. And I believe that the barrier has softened, or in fact, he that, until he that was, you know, is taken out of the way, I think he is not the Holy Spirit like many, many people believe. I think he may be uh, the Archangel Michael. And his forces... You're talking about restrainer, right? Exactly. The restrainer is being pulled back. It's not all at once, but it's it's gradual. He's moving his troops away. And you remember, you know, we get these glimpses of the heavenlies. We only get it really in one place. But we know that the Holy Spirit is certainly not a warrior. Jesus is the warrior. The Holy Spirit's the comforter. So how the heck can the Holy Spirit restrain? And I know the whole rapture thing with the, you know, the, the spirit of the living God and all that, and that's fine. But hear me out here. We hear, we hear that um, in Daniel, we hear that... Um, Daniel sends a prayer out, and uh, um, I think it's Gabriel that, that actually appears to him, at, at, but it takes him 21 days to get there. And he says, hey, I have to go get Michael to help me, you know, to get through. And we're not told, well, what, what do you mean get through? Why can't you just fly around the opposition? Get through what? How many people did Michael bring with reinforcements? One, two, a thousand, ten thousand, a hundred thousand? We're not told. You know, we're not told. There's a war in the heavenlies. We see it again in the book of Revelation. We get another glimpse. When Michael and his angels fight against the devil and his angels. And, you know, people listen, listen, hear this stuff and they kind of go, well, I don't know what that is. We are, we, are, we are fighting. We are in the midst of this heavenly battle, heavenly war, which has been going on literally for millennia. And the prize is the souls of men. They hate us. The enemy hates us, hates, hates us with a, with a passion. What he did to Jesus on the cross he wants to do to every one of us, literally. And I'm not making that up, literally. So these forces have been warring against each other. And I think that Michael is moving his forces out. And so as he does that, 
the rest the restrainer is, is is beginning to let in or allowing to have more manifestations and there's some reasons for this uh and this might be a very touchy subject but i'm going to get into it and with the abortions uh, mounting over or numbers reaching over 50 million people 50 million babies have been aborted in this country alone worldwide it's a billion worldwide one billion babies aborted in their mother's wombs this is nothing more than a luciferian sacrifice there is a blood curse not only on this land but on this planet on this planet there is a blood curse and this blood curse i believe is part and parcel with the rise of the occult with the rise of the luciferian agenda with the rise of a new world order and certainly with the burgeoning ufo phenomena that we see constantly uh let me just weigh in on that real quick and i hear this all the time i get questions about this because most people never don't travel in this they haven't done their homework as chuck misser likes to point out so they know nothing about it in 1950 the year i was born the month of december there was one ufo that was reported one ufo jump forward 59 years to 2009 in july there's over 535 sightings reported 535 wow. sightings the phenomenon is real it is burgeoning and it's not going away and yet the church refuses to look at it and of course i got about 10 emails from people today did you see this did you see this did you see this and the vatican is now uh, i'll blog about this tomorrow um starting to talk about extraterrestrial life they are yep the vatican is starting to talk about it and, and uh, they're, they're almost endorsing it. They're saying, yeah, well, you gotta, you got to understand that there, there's other people in other worlds. And, you know, they, and they even said that they might not uh, need to be saved. Did you hear them say that? I know. They it, might it, not need this. It is absolutely unbelievable what's going on. And, and then you look at movies like V, which will be on tonight. Uh, when you look at The Fourth Kind, the movie Knowing, um, you know, there's just there's more and more of this stuff being promulgated being made and thrown up to the public and, and the public for the most part is being indoctrinated like it or not it's being indoctrinated so that's just one area you've got the supernatural which is manifesting and then you look at wars and rumors of wars earthquakes into various places it says men men fainting from fear of what is coming on the earth men looking at the oceans and and just being perplexed by them we have seen a rash of tsunamis and we see them more and more earthquakes have literally doubled in the last 20 years. The frequency and severity of earthquakes, I'm not making this up. This is going to be my 2012 book, which is what I'm working on now. The 2012 book, there's a statistic in there. From 19, um, what is it, from 1990 to 2009, it's almost 20 years, right? The amount of earthquakes and the severity of those earthquakes have actually literally doubled from like 14,000 to almost 32,000, so it's actually more than doubled, the amount of earthquakes. And, of course, the severity, I mean, the tsunami that killed 200,000 people, I mean, these are unbelievable events, volcanic activity, earthquakes, wars and rumors of wars, famines and pestilence. Look at the AIDS epidemic, which, is, you know, in Africa, it's killed upwards of, like, 50 million people. Uh, you know, that's the, the bubonic plague in Europe killed about, four, in the 14th century, wiped out about a third of Europe but nothing like the numbers we're seeing with the AIDS virus. So, you know, it says when you see these things begin to happen, look up. 
when you see what? When you see wars and rumors of wars, famines and pestilence, earthquakes into various places, you know, the earth and, and, and the seas tossing and turning. And I think we're here, guys. I mean, I really do. I think that, that this is the last of the last days. Um, when you look at things like the book of Revelation, I remember when I became a Christian 30 years ago when I first heard about the mark of the beast. And I have a, I had a friend who was, who was an atheist, and he just said, that's impossible. This is nonsense. I mean, what was the guy smoking that said 2,000 years ago he won't be able to buy, sell, or trade without this mark? How are they ever going to do that? And 30 years ago, you know, the computer was in its infancy. There was no Internet as we know it today. And there wasn't this little, this little chip the size of a grain of rice called Digital Angel. That didn't exist either. Yeah, yeah. Now, yep. Now, 30 years later, we've got Veritrip, we've got Digital Angel, which can hold all your financial records, um, all your medical records, all your personal records. I mean, it's like a mini computer, the size of a grain of rice underneath your skin. Are they using it? You betcha they're using it. Is it the mark of the beast? No, not yet. But the point is the technology now exists to chip the entire planet if they so decide, if they make it mandatory. And then what? And then what? If it becomes a mandatory thing to get chipped, that's the mark. That is the mark. It has to be. has to be. That's the mark. That's all right. I just want to know how that chip's going to sell your soul. If you know about it, there actually may be two answers to this. One, on a physical level, that something happens with the chip um, that does something to the human body that causes uh, some really adverse reaction that they didn't plan on. Who knows? That's the first thing. The second thing is the people who take it are part of that system. And remember, if the church is still here, and who knows? I mean, look. You know, people say, are you pre-mid or post-trip? And everybody argues about that. Well, no one really knows. If we're really intellectually honest, I can get all three guys with all their charts, all their books, sit them in the room, and they can argue till, till the second coming actually does happen. <laughs> Nobody really knows, you know. With right. all respect to all three positions, and people ask me, well, what do you do? You know all three. You, you hope it's pre, and you brace yourself. Frankly, I don't think we're here through the tribulation. I just can't imagine that. But, you know, no one really knows. And I've been I've sat in with, you know, scholars that are a lot smarter than I am and listen to these guys in, in all three positions and they present, you know, very cogent arguments. So in order to get around that, it's like I'm a pan trip. It's all going to pan out in the end. It's none of my business. We're not told to argue about that. We're told to look at the signs and know the times that we live in. We're in those times. And I believe the church is, is, is going to get out of here sooner than later, the way, the way things are shaping up. But he, hear me out, that if, if this, let's say, let's say tomorrow, it's just a scenario, okay? I'm just making this up out of the top of my head. But it's certainly with the recent terrorist attack at Fort Hood, because that's what it was. It was a terrorist attack by a radicalized Muslim in, at Fort Hood, Texas, where he said Al-Akbar, and he blew away 13 people and wounded over 30. That's terrorism. It's like a terrorist to me. Yep. If, you know, if, it, if it quacks and walks and swims, guess what? It's a duck. And that's what we got here. The guy was a terrorist. But Same the bottom line is this, that if we are in the period of time where all of a sudden there's some sort of an event in this country, Let's say a dirty nuke goes off in two or three different cities, right? And we're now under martial law, 
and uh, things are very intense in this country, and no one knows who to trust and who not to trust, um, you'll look at some sort of a national ID card, which may be the first step to to the mark. And at that point, if the church is still here, that's when that's when we may look at a lot of persecution. It may it may actually go something like this. Here's another scenario, and it's one I think that uh, this is the one I wrote about in Politics, Prophecy, and the Supernatural. You've got the dirty nukes going off here, but at the simultaneously, exactly the same time, you've got the Mideast war going on. Now, whether it's Bill Salas's Psalm 83, which may be, or which I believe happened in 1967, but I could be wrong. Um, in my opinion, the 67 war seems to fulfill that prophecy. But again, Bill has written and done a lot more research on this. So with all due respect to Bill, you know, I, I don't know. I hold on to my belief very loosely. I personally lean towards the Ezekiel 38 scenario and the Isaiah 17 destruction of Damascus. All this, this carnage that happens, will create the greatest climate of fear on this planet. The greatest climate of fear. The Luciferians move in fear. Fear is the currency of the Luciferians. That's how they, everything that they do is, is always um, in and around the climate of fear. Tension, that tension of fear. That's what they create. Well, you, you nuke a couple of cities in the Middle East, you're going to create the greatest collective fear that this planet has ever known. We are wired. We are hooked up. We are of one of one pulse, literally. And the way to look at that is as a uh, just look when Michael Jackson died. You know, the whole the whole planet was all stations, all the internet almost crashed for crying out loud, because that's that's how intense it was. So you got this Middle East war, dirty bombs in this country, the greatest climate of fear. Guess who shows up with the spacecraft and tells us the alien gospel or the great deception, the alien lie? Hey. We created you. We created all life on this planet. We genetically manipulated you. We were the ancient gods that you worshipped. We're back at this critical juncture in your human evolution to help you through. Sort of like the movie V. Sort of. You know, same type of thing. And most people will just fall for the lie. They'll fall for the great deception. They'll believe it. And, and Christians who hold on to the belief that Jesus really was real will be looked at as Neanderthals. You know, these these beings, these entities may actually have some sort of evidence, whether it's a holographic-like film, which shows that they were responsible for doing all the miracles uh, that we see in the Bible, both the Old and New Testament. Jesus walking on water, E.T. Jesus uh, feeding the 5,000, E.T. Jesus healing the blind man, E.T. intervention. Jesus rising from the tomb, E.T. intervention. In other words, everything is like there's a craft above, um, you know, Moses uh, parting the Red Sea, E.T. intervention. Uh, Mohammed receiving the Quran, ET intervention. That's what they may do. And what that will do is that will amalgamate. Well, first of all, it tears down all the religious barriers because that will cause the great falling away, and people will, will flock to this. See, again, in the book of Revelation, you've got this, this idea of a one-world religious system and a one-world government. But, but prophecy people never they just go, yeah, there's going to be a one-world religion. Well, okay, how are we going to get there? No one knows. But it's impossible. In this, in this, from our perspective, it is. But one point, you know, one point eight billion Christians, one point five billion Muslims, many of them radicalized. It's like there's only one thing that's going to turn everybody away, and that is three mile wide craft. And they're saying Muhammad, he was one of ours. Jesus, he was one of ours. 
and everybody just kind of goes, whoa. And and it it all these religious religious denominations and barriers and belief systems just topple. And this new religious system, which the Bible speaks of, right, this one more religious system takes its place. That's what we're looking at, folks. And with the craft, like I said, in July, well over 535 sightings of UFOs. The phenomenon is real. It's burgeoning. It's not going away. The fourth kind movie that came out over the weekend, I, I believe it's a Blair Witch Project-type knockoff movie. There is really no Abigail Tyler. Um, this whole thing is just a big canard. It's a big ruse. And it's just like Blair Witch. It sells It sells movies. It sells movies. I'd like to amplify your, what you just said before, just real quick, um, about sure. the deception. Jesus said that the deception, the deception would be so powerful that even the elect would be deceived if it were possible. There you go. I mean, that's how, that, that, now we would think, you know, the elect, you know, really know Jesus, you know, they really know their scriptures. But if he says that the elect would even be deceived because of the severity and the, compl- the complexity of the deception, then we better watch out. It has to be something huge, like you're saying, like a big, like a big alien invasion. I mean, what else could it be, really? Well, and I and I agree with that, and that and see that's the problem. The church, the church is always like looking at the supernatural. They walk around holding the Bible, you know, and and yet they they refuse to believe what it says. They refuse to believe what it says. What do you think that scripture means when Jesus Himself says, like you just you just for a phrase, you know, quoted to us, that even the elected would be deceived if that were possible. Men feigning from fear from what is coming on the earth. Satan comes with all signs and lying wonders. You know, God sends them strong delusion because they do not love the truth. And on and on and on we go. I mean, what is coming is is horrific. What is coming is what I have labeled the great deception, the coming great deception. It's here. And Second Thessalonians talks about that. And, you know, I, I, different people have different interpretations on this. This is fine. But the word in Second Thessalonians is apostasia from the Greek, which means apostasy. It's where we get our word apostasy. It says that the Antichrist, the son of perdition, the man of sin, will not be revealed until until the falling away happens. And that word falling away is apostasia. It's an event. It's a singular event, according yeah. to the Greek. And I've spoken to Greek yeah. scholars about this. Yeah. Has it been falling away throughout history? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. You could say that we're in a falling away period even right now in this country. And yet in China, um, you know, 100,000 people are born again daily. So it's, you know, it waxes and wanes. This is an event which is unlike anything else. It's an event. It's the coming great deception. And and immediately, it's it's some people, commentators believe it's the rapture. And I, I hate to say it, it's not the rapture. Uh, the word is apostasia. It means apostasy. You can't get rapture out of apostasy. It's just it's, you're torturing the text. You are torturing the text to do that, in my opinion. So there's going to be this great falling away, which immediately begs the question. And when you when you take that that scripture and put it in tandem to other scriptures like men fainting from fear from what is coming on the earth, the elect will be deceived if that were possible. As in the days of Noah, so will be when the Son of Man returns. All these different things you put the you put the clues that we have together, and and this mosaic emerges, and it is it is very alarming. The deception is coming, and then you immediately ask yourself, well, okay, what's manifesting? Well, you got a couple of things supernatural. You got Marian apparitions, 
and which which are there, but by far, by far with greater proclivity would be the uh, UFO sightings. I mean, a monthly sightings, and it's everywhere. Crop circles all over the planet. Cattle mutilations all over the planet. Abduction phenomena, all countries everywhere. I mean, the phenomena, this is it. This is the vanguard. This is the enemy's, you know, front-line thing. This is it. And and, and it's coming. And then, then you get the Vatican saying, well, you know, E.T., uh, yeah, it could be. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's everywhere. At some point, there's going to be disclosure. And it's a question of, do they do it? Like I just, the scenario I painted to you guys, uh, some sort of a war, Ezekiel 38, Psalm 83 happened in the Middle East, nuclear exchange in Damascus, dirty bombs over here, creating a climate of fear, perfect, perfect opportunity for them to uh, to manifest. That's one way. Another way could be could be sort of slowly. Um, the United States, I mean, Obama could, could go up at the first of the year and said, yes, we can, and we have aliens, and what do you think of that? And that, you know, Roswell really did happen, and other governments have known about this. And, you know, look, Mexico, France, Belgium, uh, and Great Britain all have come forward saying that, released their doc- documents saying that the ph- there's something here, the phenomenon is real. We know what it is. They know exactly what it is. But they can't say anything or really do anything until we sort of any up, and we haven't done that yet for whatever reason. Um, I actually wrote a couple of blogs on this. I, I believe that there's a there's an old guard, an old guard left over from the Truman era. These men are really old. They're like in their late 80s, even early 90s by now. And these guys have kept the lid on this thing. And they, they and there are not many of them left. And, uh, and that's you know, look, that's just my own pet little. I'm, all, I'm also a novelist, so this could all just be, you know, too much imagination on my part. But. We know that Majestic 12 existed. We know that from talking from other people that the government has suppressed this. So is it a group of people that were alive in the Truman era that are in their late 80s, early 90s now, and they're they're waning. They're they're getting ready to leave. So it's it won't be long. And then you've got other things like other organizations like the Full Disclosure, Stephen Greer and his crew, ExoPolitics, that are pushing for disclosure. Um, I had lunch with a gentleman yesterday who I hadn't seen in 35 years. This guy's you know, part and parcel, right on board with the whole new age stuff. I mean, he he's totally, totally into it, that there's a paradigm shift coming, and it's the UFO people, the aliens are going to hear, be here to help us make this paradigm shift in consciousness. I mean, it's you're, we're hearing it from so many different places, and yet the church refuses, and I mean refuses, to deal with it. Just will, look, you would think after five books, and I'm working on number six, after doing hundreds and hundreds of radio shows, after blogging for for about well, a year and, and almost six months now, a year and four months, you would think that my phone would be ringing off the hook with all these movies that are out, right? All these occult movies, the fourth kind, knowing, um, you know, the movie Signs a few years ago, uh, the, the, the the movie that's, that's on television, V. You'd think my phone would be ringing off the hook, pastors wanting, you know, what's going on? There's something to this thing. You know, Lynn, what about the Genesis 6 account? Does it tie in? Are these the fallen angels? Is this the resurgence of the Nephilim? Does this tie into what Jesus says when he says, uh, it'll be like the days of Noah and the Son of Man returns? Which immediately begs the question, what differentiates those days? There's only one differentiation, one one unique event, and that is the presence of the fallen angels. Satan comes with all signs and lying wonders. The devil has been cast down to earth because he knows his time is short. He's really ticked off. And it's all here. And yet, the phone doesn't ring. Pastors don't write. Um, and I just, I stopped um, 
trying to to get a gig. I mean, just they're not interested. I'm not going to throw my pearls before swine. I hate to say it, but I just won't do it. So, I mean, look, but two years ago. I sent out copies of Politics, Prophecy, and the Supernatural with a small, short, introductory DVD to about 75, 60 to 75 churches in Southern California. I did not receive one answer, not one reply, nothing, absolutely nothing. That's so, scary. That is scary. So that that tells you what uh, where the church is at. When you know we did the Mansfield, Ohio conference, and they did a great job. I mean, for a local thing like this they really advertised it really well they had talked it up with the churches um the one man went door to door church to church pastor to pastor gave them books gave them tapes gave them everything not one church turned up for this thing russ Dizdar was there gary call was there and i was there i was called politics prophecy the supernatural conference the three speakers all day one day event and the three of us a wealth of information a 1400 seat auditorium People came from Virginia, as far away from Virginia, uh, but we had about 250 people. That was it. Wow. And the church the church that these guys who put put on the thing go to is a 3,000-member church. 3, and none 000. of them showed up, you're saying? Not or almost? Almost, oh, almost, wow. almost zero. So They're afraid of being ridiculed by their brethren. That's my point. And, that, and this is what we're looking at. Where the people are 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 being, when this thing happens, it's like you know what? I'm a watchman on the wall. I have sounded the alarm. I have sounded the trumpet. The blood is on you. It's not on me. You know, the lost sheep that 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 are going to come unglued when this thing hits is on you. You know, not on me. I've done my job. I've done my homework, and I continually I continually sound the alarm. It's a thankless. My, my wife and I. We're always joking about this. It's a lonely post, but it is. It's a very, very lonely post. And there's, I'm not the only person that's doing this. You got Jim Willemson. You got guys like Dr. Mike Heiser, Dr. Stephen Eulish. By the way, Heiser, Eulish, and Willemson all write articles for my monthly news magazine. And I would, if your listeners are listening, it costs a buck fifty a month. That's nothing. A dollar fifty a month. It's an e-news mag, usually between thirty and forty pages, packed full of articles, reviews, um, links to different websites. Heiser writes for it. Eulish writes for it. Jim Willemson writes for it. I do interviews with people once a month about just a whole variety of subjects, uh, whether it's Mothman, UFOs, I mean, whatever. It, it's literally packed with information. At buck fifty a month, go to my website, uh, lamarzuli.net, lamarzuli.net, www.lamarzuli.net, and and you know, sign up. It helps this ministry go. It helps support us, keep the lights on, and keeps me researching. And um, you know, by if you haven't read Politics, Prophecy, and Supernatural, get it. Get a couple of copies. Read it. Give it to your friends. Give it to your pastor. It's coming down, folks. You know, I'm not making this stuff up. I wish it wasn't so. But uh, the phenomenon is real, burgeoning. It's not going away. We're seeing it, it's it's increasing. It's burgeoning. It's increasing. Uh, crop circles, the abduction phenomena, the cattle mutilations, the daylight sightings, daylight sightings. It's, it's you know, they're ramping up for full disclosure. And when it happens, the church will be blindsided. You see, the problem is, I'm saying all this, or not the problem, but I'm I'm telling you this a priori. I'm saying this well in advance of of the event. 
So they can go back to the Iron Show, Johnny, and 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 listen to you and Man. your co-host and me on this show. And they can go, you know, you were saying this back in 2009. This guy knew what he was talking about, and 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 the boys on the Iron Show knew what they were talking about. We better get some of these tapes and listen up. And that's what's going to happen because I'm calling this stuff out a priori. I'm calling it out ahead in advance. The problem is with the church, they'll be backpedaling. The pastor is going to be sitting up there going, well, you know, he, he has nothing. And he's going to be backpedaling, and his people yes, have to be more. He's not prepared. He's they not are prepared. Unprepared. Unprepared, and he's going to try to backpedal. And some guy's going to stand up and go, "Why should we believe you? Why didn't you warn us of this if it was coming? Why didn't the Bible tell us this?" And he's going to be sitting there looking like Elmer Fudd. He'll have no answers. And that's see, that's what's alarming about it. Take it to the next level. Run that scenario in your mind. And like in the V thing, it was just a perfect example. The elder priest is going, well, this, is, this might be part of God's plan. Clueless. Absolutely. He's already to accept the thing. You know, I'm laughing, know it's but problem. it's not funny. Not, it, it's, it's actually really sobering and, uh, you know, in some ways sort of, you know, sort of terrifying because it, uh, it speaks of um, a very dark period, that time of Jacob's trouble, which we're going to go through uh, to some degree, whether it's, you know, I don't know. I don't know when we get beamed out. It doesn't matter. But we're we're already seeing the things we're seeing all. The, we're seeing the stage being set, more than set. You know, the, the curtain is open, the stage is set, and the actors are ready to come on. That's where I think we're at. I can see the big money names. Uh, you know, the name it and claim it. You know, and the prosperity gospel guys. Is what scares me. I can see those guys late, latching on to this alien gospel. You know, when they show up, I, I think you're going to get half or more of the church are going to buy into this. Well, it says that this will cause a great falling away, and people will believe the lie. And this is it. People will believe the alien gospel. That they, the aliens, look, I say it every show I'm on, that the aliens genetically manipulated us, created all life on this planet, that they created all the world's religions, that they were worshipped by our ancestors as gods. They are now back at this critical juncture in human history to help us through to our new paradigm. I just love this nonsense. It's just, it's crazy. It's just crazy. And, and the emerging uh, you know, church is going to, def- the emerging church is definitely going to fall for it. They're going to be oh, first, yeah. Hope first on the they, line. Yeah, those boys will jump right into it. Yep. And the Catholics probably next because they're already jumping on already. Well, the Pope. Why would the Pope be saying it? Why would they yeah, be why? talking about the extraterrestrial life? You know, they know that it's coming. They know that full disclosure is coming, and you know they're they're bracing their congregation. That's what it's all about. You got guys like me saying this is a deception. You've been uh, kind of analyzing the Middle East. Uh, you want to address that real quick before we. Uh... Yeah we're, show. yeah, we're winding up here. But, yeah, the Middle East is, is certainly a hotbed. And we know from prophecy that there's going to be a war there. And I believe the next war we're going to see is the Ezekiel 38 war. What's interesting is is that Iran and Russia, Russia is the first nation, Magog. The second nation mentioned is Iran, Persia. They are now in bed together, uh, and, you know, they're intertwined. Their Their economies are intertwined. Their militaries are intertwined. And uh, the Iranians are not stopping their production of, um, of uh, nuclear material. They will construct a bomb. They just shipped to uh, via Syria uh, rockets now, which are capable of 
being tipped with nuclear, not well nuclear too, but they don't have that yet. But certainly chemical weapons, they can now hit Tel Aviv from Hezbollah points in southern Lebanon. Turkey, which has been an ally of Israel for decades, has now um, turned its back on Israel and is now supporting its Muslim brethren, specifically looking not to the West like it has been, but now looking to the East, looking to Iran. Very alarming, very alarming. Egypt, same thing. Jordan, same thing. Egypt and Jordan had a peace treaty. Uh, they have, like, pulled way back. Bahrain has issued that anyone who even talks to a Jew will be punished um, for that. So it's, you know, they're presenting a unified front. There is going to be a war. It's going to be nasty. Um, there is no land for peace. Um, uh, Mahmoud Abbas has just apparently resigned from the um, uh, the Palestinian cause, which now puts the onus back on Israel to run uh, Gaza and other places. It really throws a monkey wrench into it. Netanyahu had a secret meeting with Obama today. Not much was we're not told what was what was said in the meeting. The settlements continue. Netanyahu flew to Russia. Same thing. I'm sure that meeting was about the S-300 uh, anti-missile system. And I'm sure Netanyahu begged the Russians not to send them to the Iranians. <clears throat> and the t clock is ticking. The IAEA uh, monitors, supposedly monitors, uh, nuclear uh, ambitions throughout the globe. Is 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 at, literally on snooze alert. I mean, these guys are amazing. They they just drag their feet, and the Iranians just play their little cat and mouse game and lie through their teeth, and uh, they will get the bomb very soon. Clock is ticking. The Iranians pose an existential threat uh, to Israel, without doubt. When, when Mahmoud Ahmadinejad says, and I quote, Israel was a dry with a tree soon to be plucked up by its roots and thrown into the sea. Um, Amen. Those are said not, that. Yeah, those are not idle words. Uh, those are threats, very much like Hitler uh, in, in Germany before he marched into Poland. And um, we are at the tip of the iceberg. This thing could blow at any moment, at any moment. Uh, they are, I believe that they are the uh, the Muslim world uh, and nations mentioned in Ezekiel 38 are now lining up uh, and, and we're going to see it. We're going to see these guys go at it and it's going to be really, really nasty when this thing happens. And again, this goes back to my scenario. Israel will have no choice but to use its nuclear arsenal. Uh, we will see the Gog, Magog armies wiped out. Uh, collectively as a planet, as a human species, we will look on in horror. The the motherships will begin to manifest and tell us, we, we manipulated you, we are the gods that you worshipped. The new world religion will start. I mean, look, if I'm right about this stuff, we are in this. We are in for some nasty things, and I'm just connecting dots. I mean, I'm I'm no brilliant anything. Um, it's all in scripture. I'm just taking it and and saying it says this. It'll you know that uh, men fainting from fear from what is coming on the earth. I wonder what that means. Coming on the earth. Hmm. Satan comes with all flying, lying wonders. Hmm. I wonder what that means. Well, let me see. What's what's manifesting? Okay. UFOs to the tune of over 500 a month. Maybe the Great Deception has something to do with UFOs. What do you think? And that's, you know, yeah, that's where and I'm demonic at. possession. Demonic possession is like 20-fold increase in the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, and also, uh, you know, this this uh, if we have a war in the Middle East, like you know, like your scenario points out, 
then the whole world is connected to that Middle East. I mean, that's the dividing line between the U.S., Russia, and China. I mean, if there's a war there, well, what are we going to do? Are we going to turn our backs or are we going to try to help them out? And if we do, you know, either, either no matter what we do, it's bound to set off a World War III scenario. Right. Do you and, agree with that? Yeah, I do. And then you're looking at oil go to $10, $15 a gallon, you know, $200, $400 a barrel. I mean, whatever whatever it is. I mean, it's it just, and if and if the dirty nukes are deployed in this country, it could it would cripple us. So you know, look, I, I realize it's very dark to talk about this stuff. All that to say, let me close by saying this: that we are told, and this is why it's supernatural, and this is the ultimate reality. This takes us out of the matrix. That we are told when we see these things begin to happen, look up because our redemption is drawing close. Our freedom, our our deliverance, our liberation is on its way. And that means that we at some point will rise in the air and greet the Lord in the air. In our in our immortal bodies we will do that. In our in our translated immortal bodies where no sin nature exists and, and we will so be with him evermore. And that that is our blessed hope. That is the hope of the believer. We're told when we see these things, and we just spent an hour talking about these things, we're told to look up, not to be afraid, not to buy a bomb shelter. We're told to look up because he's coming back. He's coming back. And that's I want to leave that message of hope with your listeners. If you don't know him, you need to understand that I'm not talking religion here. I'm talking about a personal relationship, with this God-man who incarnated on this planet 2,000 years ago, and wherever he went, goodness followed him. The sun shined a little brighter, a whole lot brighter, whatever, wherever he was, wherever Yahshua, wherever Jesus walked, he was amazing. People got healed of everything. Lepers got cleansed. The, the blind saw, the deaf heard. I mean, it's all, the stories are true. And when he hung on the cross by his blood, by his blood and by believing in him that was sent, we and by the blood of Jesus on Calvary, our sins are forgiven, we have eternal life. That's the deal. Our sins are forgiven, we have eternal life. We can't earn it, we can't can't pay for it, and when we when we're born again, we become a spirit filled and now we begin to discern things from a supernatural perspective, which changes everything. Thirty years ago, I was in I was into the occult. I was in the New Age guru stuff. It's been thirty years as a spirit-filled man, and I walk with that lens. I, you know, that it permeates every everything I do. So that's our blessed hope, and I want to leave your audience with that. Please check out my daily blog, which is lamarzuli.wordpress.com. Lamarzuli.wordpress.com. My site is lamarzuli.net. My radio show comes on tomorrow night uh, at 7 o'clock, American Voice Radio. And there's links on my website to get there. And uh, sign up for the monthly news mag. It's only a buck fifty. Lots of articles, lots of great commentary. And um, thanks, guys, for having me on. It's really been a pleasure. Yeah, I want to thank you very much, Dr. Lynn. Uh, it's just been such an honor to have you here and such a blessing for me, you know, and, and, and all the listeners. And you're always welcome back on the old Iron Show, I'll tell you that much. Well, let's do it again real soon. Absolutely. Right on. Sounds great. Well, thanks again, Dr. Lynn.
Thanks for having me on, guys. Really appreciate it. Okay, good night. Good night, guys. Take care. Good night. You too. We'll be praying for you. I got a, a lot of respect for uh, Dr. Marzulli, and uh, I think you should buy his books, and I uh, really think you should. And beyond that, this is all, he's one of my huge, huge heroes, and I really see him as one of the great heroes of, of the day today. And this is all he does for a living now. So I would urge you to all to buy his books and uh, subscribe to his newsletter. And um, But most of all, I would uh, I would advise you and ask you, really in Jesus' name, to just dig in your pocket. He's got an address. It's on, it's, uh, it's on net. He's got himself an address. Just send him some money. You know, it doesn't have to be a lot, a few bucks, a hundred bucks. You know, send the boy some money. Um, you know, the man, the man needs some help, you know. And he's, he's one of my heroes. I think he deserves every penny. So, you know, uh, pull out your checkbook, open it wide, and Send Dr. Marzulli some money. Anyway, um, I'm so glad to have you here on the Iron Show. And uh, Rick, I say with everything that you hear, audience, you know, and people that are listeners, challenge everything. Be a, a student of the Word, you know, because uh, it's really important that you do. Even you know, supporting, reading his stuff, and and see if it is it is so. You know, that's what I want to leave you with, because Scripture interprets Scripture. And, there, you know, all these things are events, you know. If it brings God glory, if that's what it, because the most important thing is everything is all about Christ and God's sovereignty. So you just got to remember that. When anything that you hear from a guest or anything else like that, just remember that you're responsible for learning your word. So if deception does come, Dr. Marzulli said that this, this coming great deception is coming, which uh, others believe it's called the parousia. Some, you know, what, whatever's coming, there is a deception that's now, and, and it's it's crazy. I mean, we, we it's we're surrounded by deception everywhere we go, in the church or and uh, in churches. That's why division is here. That's why division exists. It's because of deception, and so we must always be on our guard. He says, "Yeah, I agree with the Dr. Marzulli that we we gotta we gotta be watchers. We all gotta watch." And we all got to come to the truth together. And even if a brother does believe as he believes, um, and as Johnny believes, or as I believe, we still got to come together on these points. And that you know that you hear about uh, the church, some in the church that take their power a little bit too uh, seriously as in their office. But our office is to continue to be like-minded. Not to, uh, you know, that's why we go to the book of James, not to say, you person sit over here and you person sit at my feet in, in, uh, in instances and all things that we hear. So just remember that just always study your scripture and make sure these things are so, because that's the only place you're going to find it is in scripture. And then, you know, down the line through, you know, good teachers, down the line from the, you know, from the beginning of the first century church, so today, just make sure that you study. Study everything you get your hands on. And then go to his website and, and study and, you know, and challenge. I also say challenge. Challenge everything you hear with Scripture. Make sure everything is so. And we would really like to thank uh, Dr. Mazzuli for coming on and enjoying the conversation here. We'd like to hear all that he had to say in an hour. And we'd like to remind him that sometimes you can go longer with us. <laughs> right, Johnny? Yeah, I'm hoping so. You know, we could camp out with Dr. Marzulli all night, you know. I mean, 
Yeah, I, you know, wake, you know, just, I also tell wake me, just wake me up, give me some coffee, you know, and uh, I'll be there. And uh, make sure <laughs> We could have a telethon. We could have a telethon with Dr. Marzulli. Hey, we could, yeah, hopefully pretty soon we get a 1-800 number, huh? Yeah, I'm working on that. So, uh, anyway. I need to. Yes, the anyway. Iron Show is progressing onward and forward. And, uh, you know, uh, keep listening. All right. Ready, Johnny? The Lord is sovereign. The Lord is sovereign. Amen. He is in control. All right. Well, Johnny, it was good to have in the show this week again. We'd like to end the Iron Show tonight with our traditional one, two, three, goodbye. And uh, I'm going to start the count this time. Are you ready, Rick? Yep. One, two, two three. Goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, Johnny? Did you say goodbye? Just be quiet now. <laughs> Thank you.